This is the Hidden Why podcast, episode 949, my conversation with Brian Boucher. We're discussing the purpose factor. I hope you enjoy. Brian, welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, um, look, looking forward to this conversation. Um, I can tell you're a passionate person and very passionate about your work. And you've been doing this for a while now, uh, studying and, and helping others find purpose. And you've just released a new book, The Purpose Factor, which is all about finding extreme clarity for why we're here and what we can do about it. Uh, mate, just give us a little bit of a, a glimpse into your backstory, where, how this came about. I know several years ago you, you were in a bit of a, a dark spot yourself, so just fill us in. Yeah, I think that's probably the starting point for a lot of folks' discovery of purpose. Seven years ago, I was completely broke, uh, divorced, right? Not one I wanted, but it was one I got, right? A divorce. Uh, Also laid off, let go from my dream job. I was a national journalist covering government corruption and terrorism, and it was my kind of first step into a big career. And, uh, you know, so I was laid off, divorced, and I also had an undealt with childhood sexual trauma from when I was about seven to eight years old. And all of that was kind of crashing down on me, uh, you know, all at once. And as a result, I had mentors that kept telling me, you know, Brian, you need to find your purpose. You need to find your purpose. And, and I kept hearing find your purpose, but I didn't hear a lot of here's how. And that's where I got frustrated because what it led me to believe is that the discovery of purpose has generally been a bit too emotional. Right. I, I think some people think that they need to like drive to the top of a mountain and maybe yeah. find it in a sunset or to book a trip somewhere and find themselves on a trip to Hawaii. And I, I don't even know what that means. Right. Because because what if you go to that mountain and you watch that sunset and you don't feel anything? And I think purpose has been misunderstood because it's been too feelings driven. And it led me to this place where I knew there had to be a practical step by step elemental approach to discovering purpose. Uh, mm. And that's what I discovered for myself. And that's where it started seven years ago was this frustration that it's too emotional and I can't just wander through life hoping to run into it. Yeah, no, perfect. And, and we we're going to have your partner, Gabrielle, on, on the Skype call today, but for technical issues, we couldn't get her here. But um, she's on this journey with you or, or what's her part in the in the uh, journey here? Yeah. Yeah, she she also was was kind of going through a, a similar time, but this was before we met. So both of us were having our crisis of purpose before we met. Mm. You know, she had kind of checked off. Her story is more like, you know, she checked off all the supposed to boxes, right? Go to college, get a good job, and then you'll be happy. And then when you get there, you realize that, well, wait a second, beyond status and money, you know, what else is there? And she found herself in this place searching for mentors, searching for meaning, searching for purpose. And and like me, almost in parallel fashion, just came up short, recognizing that discovering who you are, what you have inside of you to help others, your purpose, it was almost too emotional to be practical and applied to career and entrepreneurship. And so our journey was kind of parallel, but the experience in terms of initial discovery was was a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. And the the idea of purpose, the fear I have of going into a conversation like this is that, like you said just before, is that I feel people get get quite attached to this idea of we need to have a purpose before I can, you know, enjoy life and, and, and I need to find it and how do I find it? And then, yeah, maybe I'll go to a hill and it'll just magically appear, um, which I don't believe is the case. And, and I, I feel there's a lot of people getting caught up in that trap as such. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I somewhat agree with you because I think um, before you can define what purpose is, and for me uh, and for us, in terms of a usable definition of purpose for 
this human experience we call life. Purpose is what you have inside of you to help others. That's what it is. It's the collection of things that you have inside of you, your skill set, your natural advantage, your origin story. It's a collection of things inside of you that you can leverage to change other people's lives, to change their outcomes. And, and if purpose is what you have inside of you to help others, fulfillment, which is what most of us are seeking, right? A meaningful life. Fulfillment is the result of helping others with your purpose. Uh, that's the practical mechanical definitions of purpose. But I, I, I know what you're talking about. Some people are waiting to take action in their life because, well, I don't know yet, or I don't know my purpose yet, so I can't take action. Um, but I think oftentimes what happens is before you can understand what purpose is, you have to eliminate what purpose is not right? Mm. You know, before you can understand conceptually what something is, we have to eliminate the variables, eliminate definitions and bad beliefs about purpose. And one of the major misconceptions, and I think you would agree with this one, is that oftentimes people conflate, confuse uh, the word purpose with passion, which is, you know, kind of dangerous when it comes to making decisions about the future of your life. Because if you look at like an elemental definition of, of passion, like a Oxford dictionary definition of passion, uh, it's described as a barely controllable emotion, right? And when you think about it in its definitional sense, passion, not purpose, but passion, a barely controllable emotion, well, then wait a second. Passion could light you on fire for your future or burn the house down. So which which one's it going to be? Um, so we don't want to confuse passion with purpose because I think I, I love what you're getting at. You're getting at this idea of um, sometimes we get so paralyzed by thinking about what our purpose is that we fail to take action. Uh, and, and sometimes we don't want to move unless we're excited about something or passionate about something. Mm. But the truth is when you start something, passion doesn't necessarily exist at the beginning because passion grows as you grow. Passion grows as your skills grow, as your contribution to society and people's outcomes and businesses grow. That's where passion grows. Right. Mm. And I, I love what you're saying, because I think some people avoid taking action because, well, I'm not passionate about it, so I probably shouldn't do it. Um, passion is probably, I would say, the worst starting point when it comes to self-discovery. Yeah. Do you think like passion could be like a little bit of an indication as to perhaps uh, some sort of inner, inner purpose? Like you talked about purpose being um, what we have inside us to help or, or provide value to others. Don't you think if, yeah. if we're passionate about a particular thing, like, I don't know, I like scuba diving, um, yeah. that, that that might be some sort of, we could take that somewhere and, and indicate some level of purpose behind that as well, or, or no? You think that's dangerous? I, 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 th I actually think uh, you brought something up in your sentence. You said, I like scuba diving. And um, I think oftentimes people are perhaps semantically using the word uh, passion, but what they really mean is like. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great idea to consider uh, your likes. Right. Just like people consider their strengths and weaknesses. I do think it's interesting to consider your likes. What do you think you're interested in? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we overshoot the runway sometimes when we describe something that we just merely like as a passion. Right. Because mm -hmm. passion, barely controllable emotion. And oftentimes when we say, you know, I'm passionate about coffee. Well, you, you probably just like coffee. Right. But that doesn't mean you should necessarily start a coffee shop. Right. Because maybe your skills mm. don't contribute to you being a good business person or an, a self-guided entrepreneur that doesn't have a boss. So oftentimes I think people are really what they really mean when they say I'm passionate about X. What I think they really mean is they they're saying I like X. But you don't necessarily want to make a lifetime decision on the backs of a like. Of a like. No, but isn't like passion just the extremity of like? 
as in, you know, I like coffee, but I don't really, I'm not passionate about it. I'm not going to, it's not barely uncontrollable to the point where I just have to go out there and figure out the best way to roast a, a bean. Um, you know, like there's many things that I, that we like, of course, but there's things that, you know, I'll wake up every day with and it'll be the first thing on my mind and the last thing that I, I go to bed with and things that I just, I, you know, I have to go after. Um, the, the like things that, um, uh, that I'm really passionate about. Isn't there sort of a, a crossover there? I think that there's a continuum between like and passion. You know, mm. like is, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. But passion is more that barely controllable emotion. I like mm. to reframe this idea of passion because when you look at and you study purpose and what makes people most fulfilled, you know, growth is required for fulfill, fulfillment, like growth in people's skills, gr- growth in other areas of their life, but also giving of themselves to others, right? You know, being part of something greater than themselves. And so we like to reframe passion into something we call pull passion, which we define as the problem in the world that you're best fit to solve, right? We want to recraft the mind into this, uh, something that can tend to be like, I'm passionate about X, so I'm going to do X. I like X, so I'm going to try X. And instead of making purpose or passion all kind of me-centered, it's to, to shift the mind to this perspective of others focused, right? Oftentimes passion, when people are describing what they like, they're kind of them focused, self, selfish, selfish focused instead of selfless because at the, at the cornerstone of your fulfillment, you know, that's really lived out through helping others. And so we define pull passion as the problem in the world that you're best fit to solve. Like what's that thing before you go to bed at night that you have a hard time going to bed because you can't stop thinking about it? Is it mm. human trafficking? Is it sexual assault? Is it, is it some problem in the world that just burns you up to know that it still exists and there's not a solution for it? What's that thing that fires you up in the morning or keeps you up in the middle of the night? Cause you can't stop thinking about it. Mm. You know, those are the things that I think, um, we, as human beings need to guide ourselves towards is what, what's that problem? What's that need? What's that hurt that people experience in the world that I can be a part of solving or satisfying, right? That's how I think it, it, it is helpful to look at passion, to reframe it as pull passion. And we use the word pull hyphenated with passion because the goal here when you find your purpose is to not have to push yourself through your day, will yourself through your day. Yeah, the yeah. goal is that your that your purpose in life pulls you to your future where there's really no need for external motivation. You already have it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all, I think, driven by internal motivation anyway, even the things that we think are external motivators. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. The um, I mean, you sort of talk about some high-level stuff, some big-picture you know, problems in the world. And, and again, this is where I sort of get a little bit wary sometimes that um, people out there listening might be going, uh, you know, uh, what is my purpose? I don't have this. I'm never going to have, you know, that ability to solve world problems and, and really have a, a huge impact. And I think sometimes we're, we're creating these expectations. It's just uh, uh, for many people probably unreachable. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes I was just certainly using those as examples, but Mm. you know, you may find that your pull passion may be something like maybe you help single moms who have both children and a career 
figure out how to manage their day more productively so they can have more balance between their career and the time with their kids and take care of their financial situation. So there are certainly big, big problems in the world, but there are also those discrete smaller problems in the world. And and there's a lot of people that have those problems or have those needs. And I do think you're right. I think expectations can sometimes get wildly out of control and we can create this idea or this concept or this blueprint in our head. And then when our life doesn't measure up to it, we get discouraged or depressed because perhaps our view, um, there's nothing wrong with dreaming big, right? But do you have, do you have, do you have the right dream, right? That's the first question. Do you have the right dream? And you may find that your purpose best equips you to help single moms be more productive throughout their day so they can have more time with their family and their career and still be financially, you know, viable and productive and growing. And yeah, I think sometimes we're like, I'm going to end world hunger. I'm going to end human trafficking across the globe. And there are certainly people whose purpose aligns them to solve those big global national problems. But there are also millions and millions of people who need help with just the smaller problems in life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, if that, if that is your bigger goal, bigger dream, perhaps, um, it's not necessarily to, to go after that straight away. You could start locally, you know, you could help someone in the local community with uh with the you know the the hunger issue or whatever it might be that problem that you're talking about um Mm -hmm. rather than rather than chasing the big dream um, straight up and getting all upset and uptight when the expectations are not being met um with with that level of purpose i mean do you do you find people really need to be sort of clear in the head and, and clean in their own backyard before they can actually go out there and be of greater service to others and have a greater impact I do think there's kind of an oxygen mask principle, you know, operating there. You know, you got to put your mask on before helping others because it's really hard to help others breathe when you can't. Um, You know, I think there's certainly truth to that. I also Mm. think that some people wait too long to kind of perfect all the elements of their life and they wait too long for a perfect moment to make a change. And before they know it, 10 years has gone by and the change they wanted to make 10 years prior still hasn't happened. And that's how people wake up with regrets, even though they told themselves they wouldn't, right? That's, uh, That's one of those things that I, I, there's this conceptualization that, you know, some perfect moment is going to tap us on the shoulder and go, it's time to make a change. But, you know, there's always going to be pressures and circumstances on your life uh, in the midst of your decision as to whether or not you're you're going to change. Uh, and I, I think purpose and a decision for purpose, you certainly shouldn't wait and have to get yourself perfectly cleaned up in your life to, to discover your exact purpose. I think what, what's interesting about purpose, when people have exact clarity on their purpose, it tends to pull them out of their problems. Right. That's the that's the amazing thing. When you when you have that kind of perspective on your life, that security on your life, that self-esteem, that confidence, it tends to pull you from your problems because we talk about the difference between push and pull motivation. Right. Push motivation is that that feeling like when you wake up and you're going to a job that you don't like, you've kind of just got to will yourself through your day. Pull motivation is like somebody, you know, tossed you a, a, a water skiing rope when you wake up in the morning and they're going to yank you through your day because you love it so much. That's the difference. Mm. Um, and that's what purpose does when you have clarity on it. I think there's this big, I think there's this big myth when it comes to motivation, right? Cause you know, this is the, just thinking about the motivation space overall, I think some people think that when you have a lack of motivation, that the way to fix it is to just pour more motivation on top or yeah. try harder or focus more or discipline yourself. But the truth is motivation, that's not how you get motivated. Motivation comes from clarity and certainty, really about four things. Clarity of your purpose, 
clarity of the target that you're trying to achieve, clarity of the steps and in what order they go in, and then clarity on your mindset, how to get your mind out of the way so you can execute with, your, with consistency. When you have clarity in those four areas, that's when people take off like a rocket. That's when it looks like somebody's life turned on a dime because the, the times in your life where you are most motivated and most effective were the times in your life you were also most certain about what you were doing. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. I feel there's, there's probably many people out there that, um, you know, would like to find their purpose. And I, I know this is a very big topic globally. Um, and certainly people are, are getting into this idea of, you know, if I find my purpose, then life will, you know, I'll be able to live a happier life perhaps. What What is the underlying motivation here about finding purpose? What do you find that when you're talking to people that are going, yes, I understand, I want purpose, what is it that we're really looking for here? I mean, is purpose ultimately what helps us live a happier life or a better life, a more fulfilled life? I think the question is this. At any given time, somebody is asking themselves, either consciously or subconsciously, who am I? Do I matter? Do I matter to others? Does, mm. does the work I do matter? Like, what am I here for? And the truth is, is that the secret to your fulfillment is lived out through helping others. And when you look at purpose and you look at the most fulfilled people in the world, it's because they're leveraging their skill sets. They're leveraging their natural advantage. They're leveraging that thing we call pull passion. Um, they're leveraging their origin story. And they're, they're leveraging all of those elements to their purpose to, to help others experience some kind of transformation, perhaps in the marketplace. You know, Amazon, for example, the transformation was it was hard to do online shopping. And Amazon came in and expanded access to online shopping and made it a lot faster and started to convince people that you don't need to drive down to the store when Amazon can deliver it to your door, uh, perhaps even in the same day if you live in a metropolitan area, right? The marketplace is all about creating transformation in people's outcomes. And the way that you do that is you take what you have to offer in who you are and your purpose, and you manifest it either in services or products to change the outcomes of others. And where the fulfillment comes from is when they come up to you or come up to you and say, you changed my life because you did this. My outcomes were different because you did this. That's where fulfillment comes from. That's the mm. secret to fulfillment. Yeah. I like that. There's a so where, where do we begin with um, helping people find their purpose? So when it comes to finding your purpose, the first thing you need to know is what is purpose. And we've talked about this, right, on, in our time together. Purpose is what you have inside of you to help others. Fulfillment is the – okay, we have a siren. Do you want me to – No, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I just want to make sure because we're in the middle of a city. I, I wanted good, to, good. to make sure that wasn't too got, obnoxious for your listeners. I've got here that uh, sometimes start carrying on. Oh, that is so cool. So, all right. Uh, but the starting point for purpose is one, to know what it is. Purpose is what you have inside of you to help others. But yeah. there are four elements to your purpose, four pieces that really, really matter. And I'll, I'll go over them. So natural advantage, that's the first one. Natural yeah. advantage is the role that you tend to play. You know, when you were, you know, under the age of 15, when you were growing up, playing in the backyard, playing with friends, what were you, what did you tend to do, right? Were you the leader that were gathering everybody up to achieve a common objective? Were you, you know, keeping people from fighting? Were you, you know, what were you doing? What was that thing that you naturally did without thinking, right? Mm. That's the first part that you have to your purpose. So like the second that's, part, do you have talents maybe? or yeah, just natural ability? Kind, kind of like kind of like talents. And, and the reason we don't call it natural talents is because uh, I feel like that can mislead uh, folks because oftentimes I think we overemphasize this idea of natural talent 
Because when you tell a kid, hey, you're naturally talented, how inclined is that kid to practice the necessary amount it is required to practice to become, say, like an NFL football player, right? So if you have a kid and it's like, hey, man, you're a real natural at football. Well, there could be a temptation by that kid to take for granted that they're natural, they're a natural at football, and not put in the necessary time and practice into the skill set to make it all the way to the NFL. And, and really, for me, I think sometimes we overemphasize this idea of natural talent. And really, natural talent is, is simply a early efficiency and a skill set. And the only way that skill set is going to turn into something tremendously valuable in the marketplace is if you work at it, you grow in it, you study it, you practice it. So natural advantage is simply the role that you tend to play in this human, in this world of human interaction. Um, And then the second, and the second thing is, and this is the one that really defines your value. The second part to your purpose is your acquired skills. Now, these are the skills in your life that you acquired through education life experience, work experience. And and the goal there isn't to just understand all the skills that you have. The goal is to pick the top one or two skills that you have that are most leverageable, certainly for economic outcomes, but how can you leverage those skills to change the outcomes of others? Because when you when you change the outcomes of others, you know, finances follow. Finances follow when you focus on using what you have to transform the outcomes of others, not the other way around. If you chase money, it, it, it's, it's kind of elusive. But if you, cha- if you chase the transformation of a, of a life, you know, fulfillment and finance will follow. Uh, so that's acquired skills. So that's, that's part two to your purpose. So the, the goal when looking at your acquired skills is to determine what set of skills do you have that are most mm. leverageable in the marketplace to change people's outcomes? Um, and then the third part, and we've talked about this already, but is that idea of pull passion. What's mm. the problem in the world that you want to solve, right? And, and I think the entire marketplace is about solving problems or satisfying needs or healing someone's hurt or fulfilling someone's desires, like The Rock, for example. You know, The Rock is a Hollywood entertainer. Before that, he was a wrestling entertainer. What yeah. does he do in the marketplace? He satisfies the desire for great entertainment. And that's just as valuable as somebody who solves a problem in the world. Um, so, so that's pull passion. And then finally, the other part to purpose is, is origin story. And that is the moment or series of moments in your life that most shaped your perspective. Um, that's the fourth part. So that's the kind of the four elements of of an individual's purpose. Uh, we lay it out in, in, in the purpose factor that you mentioned earlier. Um, but that's the elemental approach that we take to helping someone in an orderly fashion uh, discover their purpose. Yeah, I like it. Uh, very similar to a, a concept that I've created in my book, The Ultimate Life Map, too, actually, which I talk about sort of the why, your hidden why, and and mm-hmm. how you go about trying to understand that. What are your thoughts on on this this whole purpose piece um, being evolving, constantly changing? Because I feel that um, actually, before we go there, do you think that purpose is something that we're we're born with, or something that we actually create? I I think it's a common I think it's a combination of things. Mm. I tend to look at it this way: that the great thing about purpose, when you look at it, so some people describe their purpose like this. My purpose is to be an NFL football player. Well, what happens when the NFL is over or if you don't make it or if yeah, you get yeah. the team? Mm-hmm. And I think people oftentimes can incorrectly wrap their idea of purpose into a specific role. But what you realize about purpose, and you probably realize this too, is that purpose is vocation agnostic. It's not about the job. 
right? Your job is simply your career, your entrepreneurship is your platform whereby you live out your purpose to help others and experience transformation. Now, you're trying to pick the most ideal platform to do that, right? But if you have a crystal clear clarity about who you are and your purpose, uh, you may be able to do it working in a fast food restaurant if you're if you're creative. Um, so it's vocation agnostic, and and your mm. and your job and your entrepreneurship is the platform by which you live it out. But I look at purpose like and that's this. a really good point too. I think um, for you know where, where people fall into the trap of I haven't found my purpose, and they're they're, they're tying up purpose with with a career path rather than tying up a purpose with a problem that they're sort of solving or or helping with. Yeah, when I was um, in my 20s and I got a job as a national journalist, I thought I had made it. That was my dream job since I was 16 years old. Well, when I got laid off, what was my purpose? Because I had wrapped it up in this idea of my purpose was to be a national journalist. And when it was over, you could really get into this dark place where you feel like you don't have a purpose because you wrapped it up in a job description. Yeah. But purpose is the collection of things you have to offer to the world that you can live out in any kind of role. Right. Yeah. And it's ideal to find the best role to do that. But the, the job and the career is the platform to do it. And, and I look at purpose like this because you were asking, does it evolve? Is it something that we grow into? Is it something that you're born with? I think it's a, a mix of those things. But I, I look at purpose like this. I look at purpose in terms of its discovery, kind of like a block of marble inside of it could be a statue of David. Now, you can't hack off a corner of marble off the block and call that a statue. I mean, you could maybe mm. super modern art, but you know, if there's a beautiful statue of David inside that marble, your job in your efforts of discovery is to take that chisel to the marble and chip it away and start to discover it over time. The beautiful thing is whether it's your natural advantage or your primary acquired skills or that problem in the world that you want to solve or that origin story that most shaped you, generally those things don't change much especially origin story. Most people's origin story is pretty well defined by the age of 20, right? Some people you have a, a, could have some kind of later origin story experience, maybe in your early 20s. You know, for me, mine was at seven, eight years old when I experienced a childhood sexual trauma um, because those origin stories are often responsible for anchoring in our mind how we interact with the world. Mm-hmm. And we, do, we have five different types of origin stories. So, and, and my origin story, I'm a trauma overcomer. Others may be a rejection overcomer because maybe a a parent in their life, you know, walked out at an early age. So they felt rejected by somebody that was supposed to love them. Um, Some people had a huge failing, you know, at some point in their life. And and they feel like that that failure defines the rest of their life. And all they are is going to be is a failure. Um, But those are our origin stories. What are the other two? Yeah. The, the oh. other, so you have betrayal, so you have betrayal, you have rejection, you have failure, um, you have trauma. And, uh, I think, uh, did I give you, did I give you four or five? I, I went out of order, so I lost, I lost track, but there's, <laughs> there's five different types uh, of, of overcomer stories. And, um, and, and for, for people who are struggling with trauma, especially, um, what happens when you experience a trauma is that your in your brain, in your subconscious brain, what happened to you gets stored without context. In reality, it gets stored as an incomplete thought. So when you have a sexual trauma you know, perpetrated on you when you're a kid, that gets stored in your mind without context. So you don't understand what's happening to you is wrong. You don't understand what's happening to you is not your fault. 
you don't understand what kind of impact that's going to have on the next two decades of your life. So it gets stored as an incomplete thought. And the, mm. the reason we call people's origin stories overcomer stories is because the art of overcoming what happened to you or what happened because of you, maybe because of a failure, the art of overcoming that is to complete the thought, to pull that thought back out of your subconscious mind that didn't have context, that didn't have enough context to appreciate what it was and complete it. You know, so for me, when I was overcoming my childhood trauma, I'm a trauma overcomer, childhood sexual trauma. I had to complete the context. No, Brian, that wasn't your fault. Yes, it was wrong, but it wasn't your fault. What that person was doing to you was wrong, even though you didn't know it at the time. And though it shook your very uh, identity and made you question your purpose in your existence, uh, that's not your fault. But now what you can do is turn your ability to overcome that and understand it in its full context into a perspective that you can share with others and help others with. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, those origin stories are, are the things that often, you know, are holding us, uh, many of us back in, in our pursuit for this, this idea of purpose. It is. It is. In fact, I think one of the greatest overcomer tools in anybody's tool belt mm. is to turn bitterness or shame or anything like that and turn it into gratefulness. You mm. know, so for me, I had to eventually, once I had worked through it, ask myself, why am I thankful that I went through it as a child? Because the trauma is still a bad thing, right? It was still a trauma. So I'm not articulating gratefulness that this terrible thing happened to me. What I'm articulating gratefulness for is the perspective, because when it comes to helping others discover their purpose, you know, as compared to perhaps the next guy, because of my trauma, I know what it's like to question my identity. I know what it's like to question what my purpose is at a very, very deep, you know, existential level. And so when I meet other people who have experienced similar traumas or meet other people who are questioning their identity and their purpose, I get it at a very deep level. And your origin story can be something that you're bitter towards or have shame about or want to hide and run from. But in reality, it's your it's your competitive advantage. I mean, I, if, I, if, I, if I tell my childhood story from the speaking stage, I will never lose the audience's focus for the rest of the speaking engagement. Mm. Not because I'm trying to manipulate them, but because I can leverage my story to help them. That's the point. That's how you can turn your origin story into something great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. With the um, this formulation of uh, purpose and defining it, um, ultimately the next steps there is is taking some some serious action towards that, or aligned with that, I suppose, not towards it, but aligned with that. Would that make yeah, sense I, to you? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I I like to say that purpose discovery of your exact purpose is ten percent discovery, ninety percent action. And really, when it comes to once you know who you are, right, what's inside of you to help others, your natural advantage, your 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 acquired skills, your pull passion, your origin story. When you know those four things, the very next step is about discovering who are your people, right? Who are you best fit to help? Who who out in the world needs what you have? And we look at it this way. People, problem, solution. So you have your purpose, what you've been equipped with to help others. The next thing is, who are the others? Who are the people? And I actually find the best way to help somebody understand who their people are is to take another look at their origin story and then define. Because here's the thing. Most people like to help those that remind them of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I've seen that. your origin yeah. story, 
Yeah. If your origin story is like trauma overcomer, we'll just keep coming back to this one. If your origin story is a trauma overcomer, you know, you can kind of define your audience in terms of who you could serve either narrowly or more broadly. Mm. So because of my, my trauma overcomer story, I could have said for the rest of my life, I'm only going to help people who experienced a childhood sexual trauma. And there would be plenty of people that I could help, right? Because one out of three, one out of four, depending on the stats of children experience some kind of childhood sexual trauma at some point. And so I could devote the rest of my life to just childhood sexual trauma. Or I could define it more broadly and look at, okay, so what kind of symptoms did my trauma cause me? Well, it caused me to question my identity and my purpose. So I could define my audience more broadly and say, I'm going to devote the rest of my life to helping people uh, solidify their identity and understand their purpose. And at the same time, by being more inclusive, uh, I can also help people who are overcoming a childhood sexual trauma. So oftentimes your origin story is a great starting point to determine who you're best fit to, to help. To help. And mm. uh, you can either go narrow or broad. Mm. Got to figure out my, um, my origin story. Yeah. The yeah. Of that. It's a, it, yeah, no, it, it, it's so it, it's so empowering because it gives you a starting point. That's the beauty about purpose. I think purpose, you know, we get really um, wrapped up in what is purpose? What is purpose? Purpose is this, right? We've given a definition of what it means, right? How you can use it to help others. But purpose really is a decision-making paradigm. It's a filter by how you look at the world. When opportunities come your way, when decisions come your way, you have a filter by which you can pass those decisions through. So you mm. can say, not in alignment with my purpose, in alignment with my purpose. It's almost and like the, the rudder on a ship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the rudder. And and sometimes you have to use your purpose to decide, is this thing that I'm considering, is this for now or is this for later? Hmm. Hmm. Just the idea of having a purpose in a day, like even, you know, it's just waking up and having a purpose, whether it's not this grand scale purpose that we're sort of, uh, I mean, it's all aligned, I suppose, but just having a purpose for the day um, leads to that level of fulfillment. And you know that if you look back on a, you know, previous few weeks where you've felt really, you know, enlightened almost at the end of the day, I can guarantee it's probably related because you had a higher level of purpose on that given day. That's exactly right. I mean, I think the best question to ask yourself, once you have clarity on your overall purpose, when you wake up in the morning and you're going through whatever it is, your morning meditations or your morning routine or whatever it is, um, primary question number one to ask is who can I help today? Mm. Who can I help today? Because when you know what you have to help others, you know, if you want to give yourself daily purpose, ask the question, who can I help today? Who am I going to put in my path that I can help add value to? And sometimes it might mean in the course of business, maybe they're paying you to do something. But I think it's also really important to look for people you can help and not expect anything in return mm. um, because, you know, we can't go about our life only looking after our own outcomes. And because you have no idea how that's going to come back to you, by the way, I think some people are uncomfortable um, with this idea that uh, business doesn't have to be quid pro quo all the time. Yeah. That um, some, sometimes you got to give expecting absolutely nothing in return. And, and you know, maybe it's going to come back to you some other way. But um, there's something I think there, there's a couple of different levels of fulfillment, right? I think some people at a, at a surface level seek happiness, which is a very fleeting emotion, right? I'm, I'm happy because I'm going the speed limit or more and I'm getting to work on time and then I'm unhappy because somebody cuts me off, right? Um, I get a raise and then COVID strikes my raise. You know, happiness is very fleeting. 
Mm. Then there's fulfillment, which is the result of helping people with what you have. And, and, and I think that some people are like, I got to see the transformation though. What did I, what did I do for them so that I can feel good about what I did? I think the deepest level of fulfillment that you can go is to fall in love with the work itself. Like if that works in alignment with your purpose, that you love it so much that you don't even necessarily have to see the person that you helped, you know, it's working and you just fall in love with the work itself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I like it, mate. Where can, um, where can people reach out and grab a copy of this book just on Amazon? I assume. Oh, absolutely. It's on Amazon. We've also got a, a good, a good website that you can go to purposefactorbook.com, which will of course direct you to, to Amazon as well. You can find out more about us and catch us on, on, on Facebook, on Instagram and all that. There's a lot more. Um, I'll stick the links in the show notes, guys. So if you want to pick up a copy of the book, uh, jump on the website, etc. Um, explore that. Uh, that'll all be at the website at thehiddenwire.com. The um, yeah, I mean the whole. I, I still I still go back to this whole idea. Just you know, whatever it is, you know, trying to find that purpose. Don't get too caught up in the the nitty gritty. Take that action, and then and with that action, you will just you'll you'll find more purpose. You'll find deeper purpose. You'll 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 create a, a greater understanding. And and I, I think the journey, um, you know, don't get caught up in this instant gratification and this instant finding of purpose that, that the world is so consumed by. You know, take your time and enjoy mm-hmm. the process. Um, I just thought I'd share those. What are your thoughts, Brian? To wrap this yeah, up. I agree. Purpose, purpose is a process and, and you, you know, you'll make an initial discovery, you know, as to the parts of your purpose, but in terms of refining it and getting a deeper understanding of it, it's doing the work and taking action. That's going to peel back those layers. Every time you help someone with what you have, you're going to notice something different, right? You're going to notice something better. I just learned that I can help them better by doing X. Um, but you're right. Taking action is going to help you peel back those layers and help you get an even deeper sense in the process of what you have. Mm. And the connecting of the dots throughout the journey, however long that might be, five years, 10 years, 50 years, um, you know, it'll, it'll just evolve. And I, and I think that's where the real fulfillment, uh, personally for me, uh, seems to come from when you start going, okay, that was a you know dot that I can connect now with that that's taking me on this sort of path to a, a higher level of purpose or impact um, of serving others. So, uh, mate, I appreciate you coming on the show. I wish you all the best with the, the book launch and Gabrielle as well. Um, shame we can get on her here, but maybe we could get her on here another time and um, Absolutely. get get her take on it as well and her perspective because I'm sure coming from a, a female, it, it'll be, it'll be a, a different uh, perspective as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Lee, to, so 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 appreciated the time. It was so good to hang out with you and and have this. I love a good conversation, and I, I think a great interview is a great conversation. This is awesome. No, it's been fantastic, guys. Check it out at thehiddenwide.com. I believe it's episode nine hundred and forty-nine. Check it out at thehiddenwide.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. 
You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon